Konnichiwa minasan. Kirk here from Japanese.com. Welcome to episode 5 of the JA Podcast. In this episode, I have a special guest, Rochelle Brooks-Mighty, a Jamaican living and working in Tayoma Prefecture, Japan, as a jet participant. Following on from my text interviews of other Jamaican jets, Mark Mundy and Nicola Williams, uh, it was suggested that I do an order interview or a podcast interview. I have followed your suggestion and hence I have Rochelle today. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. Episode 5 of the JA Podcast begins now. Hello, Rochelle. Thank you for joining me today on the JA Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, Rochelle is in Japan, a Jamaican on the JET program. Um, it was a challenge with our time zone differences with Jamaica and Japan, getting this interview set up, but we prevailed in the end. Right, Rochelle? Yes. All right, right off the bat, I'd like to ask, um, how would you compare life in Japan versus life in Jamaica? Ah, uh, That's a very good question, and it. <laughs> It, it requires mm, it requires a detailed answer. Well, first of all, um, I would say that it's very different in just how things are done. Like the system is just different. How people think, how people operate, it's very very different from what we know in Jamaica. First of all. Um, People here, no matter what level of society they are at, they follow the rules. And so you can't come and just decide to change the rules because it's been in operation for a long time. So that's what they know. And they're not going to change for anyone. Even if your your thinking may actually help to make things work faster in their mind what they know has been working so well that they're not gonna change it so what i found is no matter how influential or how um how affluent someone is they follow the rules of society and they are very um group oriented so people don't just go off and do their own thing they work together like even if they don't like each other they work together and you as a foreigner in jamaica where if two people are at odds you know they make it known or they don't they don't um work to help to get a task done here it's totally different so people work to the goal of whatever they're doing. They put aside differences to work towards the goal because the group matters in the end, as opposed to um, Jamaica where people are very individualistic. And also, in order to not step on people's toes or offend anyone, they, they don't like confrontation. And I think that's a really big difference from Jamaica because like, if we don't like you, we're gonna take <laughs> you know, so they try to make sure that everyone is comfortable, and so they will not 
express what they really want to say or if you ask their opinion on something they're going to find the most roundabout way to answer so <laughs> it can have its pros but it can have its cons because sometimes for efficiency sake you want to know what to fix with something with a lesson for example and you want to say will this work and they'll tell you well maybe you know let's try and then and when it fails you're like you should have told me this wouldn't work you know so to some extent it works for them but it can be difficult for the person who is um from another country and operates totally different from that um it's interesting you could say you you said that because um one of the first things i read and learned about japan was you know a famous saying they have where the the nail that sticks out gets hammered yes and that's um, true that's yeah. very true and one of the reasons why they recovered so well after um the destruction of world war 2 was because they all decided to focus on a particular area and um you know, if they're going to make the best spoons in the world, then all the Japanese are on board. Um, in Jamaica, as you said, we're very individualistic. So that has its pros and cons as well, where we all want to go in different directions and do different things, which I think kind of makes us more rounded. But at the same time, we 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 don't move forward as efficiently as, as Japan and other Asian countries. No. I think one of the things I've learned while being here is that no matter how you think your difference will, you know, in personality or in culture will actually change their thinking because they're so brought up to think about their their progress as a group, they they will entertain what you have to say, but in the end they their own efficiency and for their own progress they are going to move with their own group orientation so they don't really care for individualistic expression and i've seen that even in the classroom where students who are really smart will try to be you know less outstanding because everybody else is average students who are really smart they probably try to downplay how brilliant they are so that they don't seem to be sticking out yeah, in the, the nail that sticks out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, taking that into consideration, um, were the initial days and weeks in Japan difficult for you? Um, if yes, um, in what way? And if no, why not? Well, um, I must say the initial days and weeks were really difficult because I'm from a very close-knit family and I've never been away from them for very long and to know that I was so far I mean this is not America distance you know this is <laughs> not England distance you know this is really far so to have no one there it was really rough and also in the first few weeks I didn't have a phone I didn't have access to internet at home because of how they do their thing it's not so easy like buying a modem and hooking up with Digicel so um, I had to wait a very long time and the only time I could have access to net was when I went to school so on the weekends I was dying and I, I mean I didn't know anyone 
And where I live was kind of far from the other ALTs who are in my city. So it was rough initially, but I had a good support system in my friend who was here a year before me. So she kind of, you know, told me how to cope, you know, try to know my environment, take walks, um, try to even say hi to the people, even if I don't know Japanese. So um, in, in, in a sense, it was really difficult, but as time went by, it became much easier for me. Awesome. Um, so what is a typical day like at work um, as a jet in Japan? Okay, well, every situation is different, and you hear that a lot whenever you come to Japan or on a teaching program. Every situation is different. So for me, I am responsible for all the classes that I teach. So I have to plan the lessons, I have to mark, I have to teach, just like a regular teacher, except that I have to teach with someone else. Um, so my typical work day Usually I have four classes and um, I have to teach all the students at my school, first, second and third years. And um, usually I like to give projects. So I am often marking their papers, like their scripts that I have to give back. And um, in my downtime, sometimes teachers will ask me to help them with their own marking. So I'm often at my desk marking, <laughs> teaching. Um, but uh, that's my typical work day. And then there are other special days which are just golden, like sports day, which is nothing like Jamaican sports day. And um, there are other days like school festival days, which would be totally different also um, from how Jamaican kids, you know, celebrate stuff like fair days or um, special concert days and stuff like that. Okay. Mm, yeah. So, um, so the the relationship with your fellow teachers um, in Japan, you'd say, is 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 favorable? Is good? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I have good relationship with all my teachers because I've, I've learned the system. So I know how to work with them. And also, um, they understand where I come from. They know that I'm reliable. They know that if I decide I'm planning a project, for example, then they don't have to worry about checking in on me. So um, I like to plan a lot when I'm, I have my free time. So whenever I'm finished planning, I go, with, go to them and I discuss what the goals of the year will be or the term will be and what I want to do with them. So they kind of feel comfortable as well, knowing that they don't have to worry about, you know, what is going to happen in class. So, yeah, I have a really good relationship with my teachers, I believe. Living in Japan can't be all rainbows and unicorns. Um, tell us about a bad experience you've had in Japan. Uh, there, There is racism, I think. It exists everywhere, as you know. Um, so I've been, I've experienced that. Um, one incident was I was in a store and um, I wanted, I think I wanted something in the phone section like a phone cover or something like that. And two girls were there and they saw that I was approaching 
And when I went up to the display, they kind of looked, you know, condescendingly and then just kind of walked away because they didn't want to be close by. And they were also there. So, you know, I picked up on that. And there was another time when my friends and I, two other Jamaicans, we were walking to the train station and a group of boys, they were actually pointing at us and saying bad things about us. One of the Jamaicans, she could understand what they were saying. Um, so I would say that, yeah, I've had those, but usually I don't let it bother me and I've just learned how to zone them out. I've seen it, it's kind of subtle, so, but I know it when I see it. And those are the bad experiences I think I would, um, I would say I had. Um, one of the things is that I, I think I'm disappointed with Japan is that um, for a first world country, they are very culturally unaware and they don't know like so many things about other countries. So for example, some parents tell their children that black people are dangerous and I've heard that. And so when people, when like we're passing them, the kids run behind their parents and they're looking at us like we're monsters. And I'm like, that's so dumb, you know? And they think, for example, Jamaica is in Africa. They don't know anything about Jamaica. And I'm like, but look how many things we know about Japan in Jamaica for a small, country, a third world country. You know, we are more culturally aware or, or more aware of races and you know diet and yeah religion yeah but but they don't know anything they they even ask does jamaican people speak english and i'm like yes we do that's why english you know so like because of their lack of knowledge about like variety in in countries and in cultures it kind of colors how they see other people and I think based on that, they react to me, certainly, in a different sort of way. And especially because, like, for a long time, I was the only black person in my community. So, you know, um, it was kind of strange to them. And, you know, some people would look like, you know, she's, she's weird or she's dangerous because all they know of black people is hip hop and... Or, or if they watch some TV program about and the black person is usually the 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 um yeah. the perpetrator of violence or the villain. Or they think African people only wear grass skirts and they go topless and they're all belonging to tribes that sit around fires. And <laughs> they kind of think of black people in that way. It's very very hard to get them out of that. In bigger cities, it's not bad, but like definitely in Inaka, like where I live in the countryside. And that's Toyama, right? Yeah. Toyama is the prefecture or the city? There is Toyama and Toyama City, but I live in Takaoka, which is which is outside of Toyama City. So even Toyama City has more foreigners, more black people. So they get used to them there, but here it's <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think you will miss the most when you um, eventually leave Japan? Ah, so many things. First of all, kombinis are... <laughs> convenience awesome. stores, yeah. 
God. <laughs> so even in the country, even in the Inaka, there are um, convenient, a lot of convenience stores? A lot, yeah. And convenience stores are just awesome because like you can go there at any time of day or night and you can get food, you can get clothes, not clothes, that's exactly <laughs> But you can get stationery, you can get so many things at a convenience store. Like I always say, all you need, like all they need at a convenience store outside of food and stationery and everything else that they sell is like eye surgery or something. Because that's <laughs> what's left. <laughs> Come they to our convenience everything. store and get your eyes checked. <laughs> <laughs> They have everything at a convenience, so like I'll definitely miss that, and also um, I'll miss 100 yen shops because that's the shizang. Yeah, man. I, I during my time, my short one month or three weeks stint in Japan, I, I I agree. The convenience stores waking up at 2 a.m. and just wanting, you know, something to eat or something to drink or. You know, it was easy to just walk down the street at 2 a.m. to pick something up. And the, the 100 yen stores, it's, yes. it was like the perfect place for me to get gifts. Like, imagine if Jamaica had a $100 store. Oh, my God. The business would not have hand to sell. Trust me. And That's an idea. Probably we can yeah. partner on that when you return. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Um, but most of all, I think... I'll miss the fact that I could walk on the road like any time of night. It's safe. And, yeah, and feel safe. And also people are honest for the most part. Your phone, if you drop your money and people see that, that you drop your money or your phone, they're going to pick it up and rush to you to get it back to you. Yep. So, I had an experience similar to that. Um, I blogged about it as well. I call it um, Lost and Found <laughs> in Japan, Buddha edition. Yeah, when I, I lost my rail pass, like yeah. literally two or three days into my Japan trip mm-hmm. in like a giant um, temple. I'm forgetting what its name now. And I was losing my mind. <laughs> and then like some school um student probably not more than 14 or or 13 years old found it and brought it to the information desk and Mm -hmm. i I just couldn't believe you like you know not that a teenager in japan is dishonest you know Mm -hmm. it's not like money but they wouldn't take the time to take it up and bring it so that i could get it you know my whole trip would have been ruined if Mm -hmm. um that student didn't take that speck of paper to somewhere where i could get it back Mm -hmm. and you know something that is just their culture that's ingrained like they are not ever gonna lose that that's just how they think you know so like even my friend she had dropped her phone and at the time that iphone was brand new and dropped it in like a mcdonald's parking lot which they have a lot of mcdonald's in japan so like just that random act of kindness where someone went to the police station to report the the phone was um was missing and she um got it back she got it back awesome. and I was that is awesome you know honestly like that we should have everywhere I agree mm-hmm. um the way how I got in touch with you was actually because you entered the the jet program video contest 
Yes, I um, did. How how did you actually learn about the um the Jet Program video contest? Actually, my friend told me like Jet Program sends stuff in your email all the time, but I don't always get the chance to read it. So um, my friend told me about it because she knows that I'm a video editor from when I was in Jamaica. Um, and she was like, you, you should enter this contest. I think you have a chance at winning. And I was like, I've been out of the loop. I've not practiced or anything in years. Like, I don't think I want to enter that, you know? And she was like, I'm disappointed. I think you should do it. And then my husband heard about it also from someone else. And he was like, you should check it out. You should check it out. It's probably going to be something like a good opportunity for you to get back into the ropes and stuff. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. But in the end, um, I was like, you know, it's been a while and I really do love video editing. So why not try it? And then from there, I just decided, well, what concept am I going to come up with? And he's like, well, I have so much of footage from everywhere we've been. So just something together. And um, that's what I did. And we had a lot of natural landscapes and a few festivals even from two years ago and i decided well i could produce something around that so i wrote the script to reflect what we already had um in house and then i just asked my brother to voice it and that was it it was made and i entered so, so you used your um your existing skills which is video editing you know, you're in Japan teaching English basically, and it's interesting how an unrelated skill that you already had ended up being useful. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, you said you used. If you want to go into a bit more detail, like like how did you actually edit and produce the video? Your your video is titled "This Is Japan," by the way. I'll yes. link it in the show notes for the listeners to be able to get to it. Um. But tell us about the footage, the editing process, the production process for that short video? Uh, all right, well, it took quite a long time in terms of just the pre-work because we had years of footage and my husband takes a lot of footage at a time. So um, what I had to do was actually take my Christmas break, which was just a few days anyhow, and I had to go through all of the footage that I thought was good all of the footage that um, I thought could be packed into like three minutes. And I just made notes like continuously for about three or four days, just going through um, the footage. And then um, when I finally went on break, um, I had gotten the voiceover from my brother via email. So I just laid the voice down and mm -hmm. then music from the YouTube audio library, which is free music, so I wouldn't get into trouble for using it. And then I just started to put down the shots that I had actually envisioned in my mind um, and try to edit according to the feel that I wanted people to get, like, you know, to be really blown away that this exists in Japan, not just cars or technology skyscrapers and stuff and yeah. temples Not just the, the the metropolis that you see of tokyo or osaka or nagoya but that this country has some really beautiful landscapes and that was my thing so 
I tried to edit according to that. And the editing process didn't take longer than another three days. Because like I did the rough edit and then my husband would watch with me and he'd say, change that, change that. So, <laughs> so it was a team effort in, in many ways as well. Pardon me? It was a team effort in many ways as well. Yes. And um, after that, it had to be colored because like he shoots flat so that it can, the colors, he when he adds, it can pop up. So we had to do the coloring and everything and um yeah the editing was my favorite part so like it went through pretty quickly because i'm used to working quickly anyway and um, yeah by like we started working on the edits in december like late very late december after christmas day and i was able to submit in the second week of january when voting the voting process actually opened so um yeah that's how i did and since then it's been a rough three months <laughs> getting those votes in get those votes in, get those views in because they the you know you don't know if you have a chance at winning but they said that the votes will help the views will help the pr different um prizes for different things so we've been trying to stave off competition sometimes and sometimes we're first sometimes we're third it's been pretty rough. Like, my husband is so over it, and I'm almost there. <laughs> Just another 20 or so days to go. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, this last lap, it's going to be a, a test for me. Okay, Just... and, and it's, it's an interesting competition. Um, I do a little bit of um, photography as well, so I have, I have that in common with your husband as well as... Um, I have a YouTube channel and do a little minor video editing, nothing fancy. So I do understand that it yeah. can be a very time-consuming process. A lot of persons, they'll see a three or four or five-minute video and they think, oh, this is just something you throw together in an hour or so, not knowing that sometimes it takes days, as in, and in your case, a couple of weeks yes, to get I'm a simple video put together. And dealing with a baby and editing yes <laughs> challenging yes yes um well i i wish you all the best i've been getting in my votes as well for the last um 10 days or so Let's from multiple here. computers <laughs> <laughs> so you. working in it i work on like two different computers at work and then um, I have two computers at home, and then I work in, I study IT, so I'm on a, a computer at school. So <laughs> I'm sure working. at least two or three votes per day like, you get from when me. I, when I'm up, I use my phone, I use my computer, and then when I go to school, I use my computer. <laughs> the thing is, like, after you vote once, you can't do it again. It's like, rats. <laughs> okay, so um, what... What will, um, what will you do or where in Japan will you travel to if um, you win a prize in this competition? Ah, well, um, actually, this is a stepping stone for me. I treat this competition as a stepping stone, which is why I take it so seriously, because I actually want to go back into video editing now that I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after you were forced back in it. <laughs> Yeah, right? And um, creating content and stuff like that for net. 
So I would love to go to Okinawa, first of all, because it's kind of like Jamaica. That's what I've heard. Of beach vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny so, because um, I like Okinawa, or from what I've seen pictures of, I like the two extremes of Japan. I like Okinawa yeah. all the way down south, and I'm very fascinated with the Hokkaido. Oh. Oh. All the way up north. So it, it, I'm hoping if I am successful in getting on the jet program to be somewhere in the middle, run yes. around Nagoya or um, um, Kyoto thereabout, oh. so I can easily go up north or up or down south, mm-hmm. depending on what um, what's possible. Yeah. Well, uh, where prices are concerned. Like they have different prizes. So, for example, most voted award gets fifty thousand yen, or mm-hmm. most views gets fifty thousand yen, and then first prize gets a hundred thousand. So, if they decide, well, we can choose to use each how we like, then we definitely do Okinawa. I want to try Hokkaido, but Hokkaido would have to be in the warmer time. <laughs> I'm not going to Hokkaido in winter. <laughs> and also, um, Hiroshima. So places with historical or some kind of value. Like, I really want to check those out. And Nara, of course, because I want to see the biggest Buddha in Japan. Yes, I've been to uh, Nara. Try to create um, videos from those trips to actually show more of Japan show um, different aspects of Japan, you know? So that's what I would do. Like, in the doing, I would want to record my trip and then present it in a video. And where um, places I want to go, definitely Okinawa in winter, Hokkaido maybe in the warmer time, summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other city in between, Saitama perhaps, or Shizuoka, because that's where Fuji is. And I've never seen Mount Fuji, so I have to see Mount Fuji before I leave Japan. Awesome. Yes. Um, awesome, awesome. Um, as a jet, though, as a successful jet, i um, been in Japan for a, a couple of years now. Um, do you have any tips for... Um, Potential jets, um, either successful or those applying, Jamaican or otherwise, mm-hmm. um, who are thinking of heading to Japan on the jet program. Any tips? Ah, uh, okay. Well, what I will do is answer twofold. Firstly, for people who are applying to jet program, I recommend reading, 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 read a lot about Japan, read a lot about the jet program itself, and also read about Japan's education policies, especially where English teaching is concerned. Because now that there's a 2020 Olympics, the government is putting out a concerted effort to actually get more ALTs into the country leading up to that time so that um, kids can improve their English levels. Because even though the JET program has been going on for a good while, um, there are people who argue that it's not effective and, um, you know, kids aren't benefiting most from it and stuff like that, even though English is being taught even in elementary schools. So you have to think about your own contribution when you come. What are you bringing 
you know so you have to in order to address stuff like that you have to read a lot about what the country is going through and um, what the education system is like so that you can then propose what you would do when you arrive in japan as an alt you know whether it's getting into the communities or if it's doing um extra creative stuff with your kids you have to really proposition yourself like you know i'm valuable like i can really make a, a a change if i can go into that school or into that community and really um engage people um and you know expose them to the con- culture of my country or whatever you have to really read a lot you have to know in order to write your essay or whatever it is i know that they change every year but the essays always stay so in order to write a convincing essay you have to read and know more about japan that's what i would say in terms of people who already are on their way in summer or in april um i'd firstly say congratulations you made it past the hardest part but what they need to do now is to firstly set some goals personal goals and also career goals so like when you get to japan after the honeymoon period you're going to find so many things to hate japan for right so in that sense you have to kind of remind yourself why you decided to um come to Japan anyway. You went through the process, you beat out 100 and odd or 200 and odd other applicants to get to this point. So you have to bear that in mind and decide, well, if I'm coming, I have to have some goals to keep me going while I'm here cuz you're going to miss home, you're going to get homesick here. probably going to get depressed and if you have especially if you're far away from other people who are foreigners who would be more amenable to your situation who could understand this is how foreigners think or something like that you get you know kind of sad and depressed cuz all you're surrounded by is just this system of japanese this or in japan we do this and you have to do you have to set your goals whether working out or learning japanese or whatever traveling if that's what you want to do or if you came to to make money to save you have to keep these in mind so that you can actually actualize go through the the days um make it through when you are not your days not so great you know it's going to be rough you're going to miss home so you have to find coping techniques um to get through and um i would say plan people who are coming need to plan like first of all you don't know if you're going to end up having to teach um only lessons that you've prepared or you um you're going to have to follow the textbook but at least have some plan you know what i want to do with my kids So if it is that you are in a situation that you didn't foresee at least you can then find other ways around it. So planning is key. Plan how you or envision what you want for your classes and it will be easier for you to actually 
um, execute and work with your teachers. And another tip I would say is just be open-minded and don't take things personally. So you have to develop kind of a thick skin because some ALTs work with very difficult teachers and it gets them so down and so angry sometimes that they just don't care about the work anymore or they end up just giving up and leaving after a year. And if you know you want to be here for a longer time based on the goals you set, then you have to be open-minded to differences in thinking, difference in culture, difference in the systems that you are used to. So you have to make yourself flexible when you come here. You can't just think that, you know, your way is the best way. And even if it is, you're working in this system with these people, you have to just work with them, right? So your mind has to change. Your whole mindset has to change when it comes to the work system. So, yeah, those are my tips. Sorry, I... I I'm passionate about these things. That's, that's, that's perfectly fine. I'm sure I, I can speak for myself. I'm benefiting. Yeah, and, I have um, personally seen people mm -hmm. who are very strong-willed. They go into a situation where they are in the workplace and they hate working here. And it's so sad because it gets to them. It gets in, down into their bones. It's like no matter what you talk to them about, they're always negative because their job has just taken so much of a, a hold on how they think. So they think, well, my way is right, or Jamaica is different, and our culture is different, and we're expressive, and I want to tell them a piece of my mind, and the teachers are all stupid or whatever. And, you know, having to go through that every day, the teachers are you know, aggressive to you because you give that attitude to them, you have to kind of change how you think, how you operate, and just decide, even if they are going to be negative towards you, to let it just pass over them. I always heard it from my friend, just do the duck. Let the water roll off your back. <laughs> you know, you have to teach them for the 15 minutes, teach them. Don't let the kids figure out that there is some kind of you know, animosity between between animosity you, in, right? Because they will pick up on stuff like that, and and just decide you're going to just go there to work and you meet your goals. Just set your goals and you work towards that. And even if things are going terribly at work, at least you have your personal goals set so that that keeps you going and say, you know, I have to stick this out until the year or until two years from now or whatever. I mean come from Jamaica so far, things not really going for you. You're not going to stay one year on go back. You're going to stay like two or three. So yeah. if you have to make up your mind to go through this for the next two or three years. So, you know, you have to just decide to change how you think because you're in a different system. Yeah, and you're, in, you're there for your fourth year now? Yeah, I mean, my fourth year going into my fifth. Awesome. All right, Rochelle, is there anything else um, you'd like to share or add? Anything I didn't cover? Mm, I, I think I've talked too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't. Um, you're helping me and you're helping the listeners too. <laughs> I would say, um, yeah, like Japan has good and bad, just like anywhere else. You just have to decide that after coming so far, 
beating out all these different applicants to prove that you were the best uh, candidate for the job. You need to just take in every experience and learn from everything. Everything has a, a lesson for you to learn, even in the workplace, even how you conduct yourself on the road, because especially if you are the only foreigner in a community, everyone talks, every person talks. And if you act out of line, they all are going to know because the person who spots you will say to someone and it's going to pass on. And soon they could have a very negative outlook about you and your country. So you have to really, when they say you're a cultural ambassador, they mean it in the true sense. You are representing your country and one bad move can let them have a bad thought about Jamaica that's going to ruin, like it carries for years, you know. How you conduct yourself at work um, in a good or bad situations will determine how they think about your country. So just just take in every experience and learn from it and smile and just become better from it. That's how I think. Thanks again, Rochelle. I really enjoyed our conversation and I trust our listeners did too. Again, Rochelle is a Jamaican living in Japan who is participating on the JET program. She resides in Toyama Prefecture with her husband and super cute baby Saori. She's also participating in the JET program video contest and needs your votes on her video entitled This is Japan. Rochelle has been a great guest and I hope to get her back on the JA podcast in the future to discuss other aspects of her life in Japan. Thank you for listening to episode 5 of the JA Podcast. Keep voting for Rochelle's video until the end of March 2016. All the links related to this episode will be in the show notes at jamaipanese.com as usual. Feel free to leave your comments on this episode by tweeting me at jamaipanese, leaving a comment on my Facebook page, or sending me a message via contact at jamaipanese.com. I'm your host Kirk from jamaipanese.com, signing out with a sample of a song by Japanese group Lady Babel titled Nippon Manju. Thank you for listening. Ah!